0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. God continually shows us through the life of Joseph that when He's with you, it doesn't matter what you experience; you will always come out on top. All right, you will always come out on top, and so um, that's where we are. And we're going to go ahead and, and. His story is written for us to understand that what happens in life, that is your circumstances, your troubles and trials, does not have to determine you. Can I get a good amen? Amen. You can be in charge of your life. As a matter of fact, the Lord has given you the responsibility to take charge of your life. All right? Take responsibility for your faith in God, for growing your faith, for walking by faith, and for obtaining the victory every day of your life, declaring God's word in the earth and seeing his kingdom established and his church increasing in the earth, as well as your own life and those who are in your life. Uh, The greater one, let me remind you tonight that the greater one is in you. The greater one is on your side. No matter how great your struggle, the greater one is in you. I can remember when I was a kid, my dad taught me to arm muscle at a very young age, I was, I was the smallest kid all the way through school up until high school. I was always the smallest kid. I was a late bloomer and growing. And so um, I, had a, I faced a lot of ridicule in school as a result and got picked on a lot. And eventually, I got big friends that helped me. But for, for a while, it was just me. And, and I wasn't you know, much of a fighter or anything, but my dad taught me to arm wrestle. And I could do it. I mean, I could, beat, I could beat kids twice my size at arm wrestling. He taught me the technique and just really worked with me. But while he was training me, while he was teaching me, um, he, would, he would do this, this one exercise with me where he would make me keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And he would, he would just let me push his arm down. And, and as I'm pushing and as his arm is going backwards, I start getting a false confidence about the situation. That this time, maybe this time, out of all the times that we've done this, maybe this time I'm actually going to beat him. You know, I'm third grade. Right? This, I've got him now. And in just one second, he swings all the way the other way. Wham! Slams my hand on the table. And like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I was no match. I was no match for, for his strength. Let me remind you tonight, no matter what kind of trouble that you may be in right now at this moment, the pressure might be on you right now. But listen, it's no match for for the greater one that's in you. It's no match for the strength and the power that is in you. Do not be deceived by the pressures of this life. They don't even compare to the God that's inside of you. Amen. See, he's made you a new creation. I want us to think about this for just a moment. You were one thing and then he made you another. He recreated you. He didn't just put a new outside on you and shine you, your old polished center self. As religion likes to call us, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, 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 no. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I was a sinner. Praise God. Jesus changed me from the inside out. All right? So there is, there, is no, there is no connection in your life. There is no identity to sin any longer. All right? You were that, but now you're the righteousness of God. So now that you are a new creation, what does the Scripture say about the old things? That they're passed away. That means nothing about the old creation hear me now, nothing about the old creation has any power over you. See, at one time, you, you were overpowered by it. Now, it may be pushing you down at, at, even at the moment, but it can't keep you down. Not a new creation. Not someone who's in Christ Jesus. No matter how intense the struggle, the problem is really no match for this new creation that you've become. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 1, it says, and you... He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now check that out. When did he make you alive? When you were dead in your sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of the sons of disobedience. So now you, you understand now, um, actually we need to read verse three. Among whom also... We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature. Everybody say by nature. We were by nature children of wrath, just as the other. So Paul is saying, this is what you once were. And it had to do with your nature. It was the, Your problem was your nature. Your actions were just a, the fruit of your nature. They were just the produce of your nature. Your actions weren't really the main problem, even though they were problematic in and of themselves. The problem was your condition. It was your nature. You, you were born to sin. But God didn't leave you in that condition. So he calls us all to be born again, born to righteousness. Amen. So... Uh, can we go back to verse 3 there for a moment? It says, you by nature. So now what, what this shows us is that the world and the course of this world is what guided our lives at one time. We were helpless to do anything about it. In other words, we took what life handed us. Whatever circumstances happened, we, we had to succumb to those things because we were under its power. We were under its rule, under the prince of the power of the air that being the devil. But watch this. But God, I love those but gods in the scriptures, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. See, that's why why you have to keep looking at this. It was by grace because we were dead. If we were dead, we couldn't have faith. If we were dead, if we were dead, listen to me, if we were dead, we couldn't do anything to help ourselves. So God graced us by making us alive. And we simply received that. There's nothing that we could do. Totally dead. And raised us up together, watch this, and made us sit together where? Where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now, watch this. Now that you're a new creation, now that you're a new creation, this is how much power you have in this earth. This is how much authority you have in this earth. This is how much authority you have over the situations and the circumstances that happen in life. Now you have a heavenly seated position in Christ, with Christ. All right? There is no higher seat of authority than that. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. There's no higher name under heaven, under, uh, in heaven, on earth, under the earth. The scripture says no other name, right? And you are seated right next to the one who has that name. Marvelous thought. So now you have the, the privilege, the power, the responsibility now to take charge. To not just accept life as it comes to you. To not just accept the system of the world, the course of this world. Now you can walk a different path than the one that the world offers you. It's called the path of faith. We walk by faith. So now you are of a kingdom that is not of this world. The scripture says you are citizens of heaven, which means you don't have to run the course of the world any longer. You have the right and authority to live your life on earth. How? As it is in heaven. That's the key. So, whatever, remember what we talked about in in, um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. It says, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. The Amplified version actually helps us understand it a little bit more because heaven is the pattern. We're We're not saying here on earth and then heaven's copying us. Heaven is the pattern. That's why Jesus said, On earth as it is in heaven. It's the standard. So, the Amplified says, uh, whatever you declare to be unlawful or or uh, is it improper, improper or unlawful on the earth must be what is declared unlawful or improper in heaven, or whatever you you deem or whatever you declare lawful on the earth must be what is already declared lawful in heaven. So heaven's the pattern, heaven is the standard because heaven is where you live. So what is in heaven? How is it? In, what is unlawful in heaven? Sin. Disease, sickness, depression, all those things, they're not allowed, death, they're not allowed there. That's why you can say, that's not lawful here either, because I'm speaking from my heavenly seated position, and I'm saying that, I'm speaking that into the earth right now. Whatever you deem lawful, what's lawful in heaven? Oh, hallelujah, joy, peace, life, blessing, Huh? healing, abundance. So you can declare that on the earth because it's already happening in heaven. You really have it good here in Christ. So the same spirit, Romans 8:11, that raised Jesus from the dead, where does he live? Where is he now? Now let me ask you a question. If that same spirit could help Jesus get up out of the grave. Beating death, never to die again. Don't you know that he can help you with any trouble you're facing here in this life? Hmm? The great theologian Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters once penned a song called The Best of You. And I love this line that he said, were you born to resist or be abused? Is someone getting the best of you? Were you born to resist or were you born to be abused? Were you born to stand against the wiles of the devil and the ways of this world? Well, you were born again to do that. You were first born to be abused by this world. But praise God, God cured that problem Last Wednesday, we, we noticed two things about Joseph, why he was hated by his brothers, the two things that really stood out. One, he was favored by his father. Now, whose fault was that? Was that Joseph's fault or was that Jacob's fault? Right? Jake, the, Joseph is the 11th son, and Jacob's made it obvious to all the other sons that, Jacob, that Joseph is his favorite, even dressed him differently than all the other brothers. Right? That's a mistake on dad's part. That wasn't Joseph's problem. He got that for being born. And the scripture says they hated him. Why didn't they hate Dad? Didn't they hate Dad for that? That wasn't Joseph's problem. The other thing was because he dreamed dreams. Can he help the dreams he dreamed? How do you dream? You go to sleep. You don't have anything to do with that. So he's born and he and he sleeps, (laughs) and he's favored, and God gives him dreams and they hate him for them. Well, nothing he could do about those. The favor was from his father, and the dreams were from God. So Joseph, in one sense, at least in his father's realm, is living the ultimate life. I mean, living a life of favor and blessing, and in just a moment, everything changes for him. Joseph finds himself far from his father's house in a place called Dothan, where he went to go check on his brother's. He's stripped of his very special coat. He's thrown into a dark pit, rejected by his own brothers, then sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites and then sold into slavery in Egypt. So now we go from the the coat of many colors to this fine, fine coat that stands out among others. Now he's got a collar around his neck with a rope attached to it, following around, being led around by a beast of burden. Now he's just another one of many slaves. Just like that, everything changed. From a prince in his father's house to a slave in a foreign metropolitan country known as Egypt. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis. Genesis. Think of all the ways I can say it while you're turning there. Genesis. Genesis. All right. Genesis 39, verse 1. Sometimes I need to stop what's going on in my head and not let it out in <laughs> public. If only you knew what all was happening up here. It's <laughs> Verse 1, now Joseph had, ta- had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph owns nothing at this point. Anything that he needs in the way of clothing, in the way of food, in the way of shelter is going to be provided by Potiphar to him. He's completely on a welfare system. Maybe your experience in life has been one where you grew up in a family or in a culture or whatever, where there was more lack than there was supply. The words, we can't afford it, were common phrase in your house. Hmm? And if some extra money just happened to come into your life, it came and then something broke down. Car broke down, air conditioner broke down, refrigerator went out, and you had to spend that extra money that you had. It was like abundance has been in your reach, but never in your grasp. Now, I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but... Right there, right there, and just can't seem to it's like the it's like the 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 man who came upon the farmer and and found out that this farmer had made, I don't know how, three-legged chickens. Just kept breeding them a certain way and feeding them certain stuff and finally Came out with three-legged chicken. The man said, why in the world do you have three-legged chicken? He said, well, years ago it didn't even matter because it was just me and mom and each of us, we loves a drumstick. (laughs) But then Junior came along and Junior loves a drumstick too. Then we had three fighting over two, so I figured I'd fix the problem. And lo and behold, I came up with this three-legged chicken. (laughs) And the guy said, well, my gosh, how do they taste? He said, I don't have any idea. I never caught one. (laughs) that that abundance, that supply is right there, right there in front of you. It's all around you, but you just can't seem to grasp it. Don't let those disappointing moments define you or determine your course in life. In those moments of lack and loss, remember this truth, God is with you. Say that. Say, God is with me. God is with me. You're going to have to be determined in nothing other than faith in God. You need to believe that God is with you more than needing circumstantial evidence to prove it. And we like circumstantial evidence, don't we? But our relationship with God is not based on that. It's not founded upon it. It's founded upon faith in Him because circumstances aren't always going to be proven. Uh, Circumstances many times are going to be resisting this truth about God being with you. They'll make you feel like God's nowhere near you. They'll make you feel like God doesn't hear you when you pray. They'll make you feel like he's a long way away from you. Come on. When Jesus talked about the seed, the sower sowing the, the seed, right? He said, these that fell by the wayside, he said, these are those who hear the word, but then tribulation and trouble comes for the word's sake. In other words, those things are all opposing to what God has said. And they try to blind you and confuse you and keep you from that reality of God is with me. To make you think something else. Your faith in him is what will sustain you. It will hold you up and it will cause you to overcome, come what may. You may feel all alone, but you're not alone. As God was with Joseph, so he is with you. I like this. The Lord was with Joseph. Let's continue to read verse 2. And he was a successful man. What's so successful about Joseph right now? Really he's successful with a stalk around his neck being led around by a rope? He doesn't look like success, doesn't look like the picture of success to any of us at all. The word success here in the, in the Hebrew, the main definition is prosperous. All right, so Joseph is prosperous and he has nothing to his name. Wow. He wasn't a successful man because he had abundance of supply. He had success because the Lord was with him. The world's definition of success and prosperity Is all about what a man has. God's definition of success and prosperity is about who has the man. Hmm? Say it with me. God is with me. And God has given us his word to have and to see what our lives can truly be like in the earth. He has given us the answers for life's difficulties and struggles in his scriptures. I like this little poem. The Bible isn't there for you to just sit and stare. The Bible is there for you to declare. See, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What's our response? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. See, he says, and then you say. He says, you say. Amen. Amen. Your declaration is what determines your ultimate destination. All right, I'm going to say that again in case you want to tweet it. Your destiny, your, de- I'm going to get it down. Your declaration is ultimately what determines your destination, not these circumstances. What are you saying? Amen. The God who was with you before the trouble came is the same God who is with you when the trouble comes. Hmm? When the trouble came through your front door, God didn't leave out the back door, all right? He was right there with you all along. Anybody here like popcorn? I'm a big fan of popcorn. I could eat it pretty much every day of my life, that and chicken wings. If I could just live on popcorn and chicken wings and fried catfish and cheeseburgers once in a while, Well, I like a good pepperoni pizza... But um, we start, we, I've had microwave pop, popcorn for years, and that's fine, but I like to cook popcorn in a pan with oil, you know? And uh, so, and my daughter Maddie is a master at it. I don't know what she does, how she does it. I mean, she does very few things well, but that is one <laughs> of the things she does. She does very, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. That's one of the things that she does very well. And so uh, if I can, she's ever at home, and not out with Cameron, uh, I can get her to, to make a batch of popcorn, but she's very good at it. But I'm, I've noticed something about no matter how long, I mean, I always get her to burn it just a little bit too, just a little bit of burn, you know? And, uh, but, and I just scarf that up. I'm eating that popcorn along, and lo and behold, without fail, I look down there, and there's kernels left in the bottom of that bowl. And in, in, I'm looking at them going, I wanted to eat you just like I ate all your brothers and sisters. I, y'all know the, the, the half-popped kernels? Aren't those just the best? Yes. You know? And I sit over there, and Heather, it drives her nuts. She says, you sound like a cow eating in here. She says, would you stop? But it's those little ones that make, you can't eat those other, I mean, that, that, whoa, they're hard on the teeth. And I'm looking at those, and I'm feeling disappointed. I'm like, man... I really wanted to devour you. (laughs) When the heat is turned up in your life and your situation, I want to encourage you to be like that little stubborn colonel, refuse to pop, refuse to give in. If you'll refuse to give in when it would be so easy not to, I want to be so easy to give in. I'm sorry and you'll remain as you are, then your circumstances, listen to me, then your circumstances, the world, the devil, will find no place, no entrance to devour you. (coughs) Titles, money, position will not shield you from things happening in life. Trouble happens to all of us. Amen. So we got to continue to read. Verse 3, And the master saw... I'm, I'm come, we're coming in for a landing now. The master saw, his master saw, that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. This is awesome, isn't it? See, that's why you need, you need to understand and stay fully aware that God is with you because others will notice that too. hmm. He saw that. So Joseph found favor in his sight. Oh, wow. Joseph found favor. Now, Joseph had favor with his dad. It was favor he wasn't looking for. But I wonder if he wasn't looking for favor here. Most of the things that you find, you're looking for those things on purpose. There are things that you find on accident. But most of the time you find something is because you were expecting to find it. You were looking for it. you know what I'm talking about? So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he put under his authority. Wow, now Joseph's back up again, isn't he? He's back up again. Things are turning around for him. Joseph found favor. We have some um, dear friends out in West Texas, A uh, Pastor uh, Daniel and his wife, Michelle. We, I served on staff with Daniel for a long time. He was one of my dad's associate pastors. Well, Daniel and his wife, Michelle, were attending Rhema Bible Institute years and years ago, the second best Bible college in America. Y'all know the one, number one, right? Y'all understand that, okay? And just in case you don't know, it's Christ for the Nations Institute, okay? Just, just in case it hasn't been clear in this house yet, all right? Um, but and 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 they had two babies, Ryan and Bethany. Just I think is, Bethany's the younger one, right? Oh, she's older. Oh, Are you sure? Yeah. Anyway, that's not even. It didn't matter to the story. So uh, money was tight. Any Bible school students know what we're talking about? All right. I'm glad I didn't have a wife and kids in Bible college. <sighs> it was bad enough being 19 without any money. I can't imagine trying to support a wife and kids. But they, he was doing that. And, and so she told him, she said, um, can you get some milk for the, for the babies? So he goes to the refrigerator to find milk. And guess what? There's no milk in there. So he said, the next thing I did is I went to my wallet, opened it up to find money to buy the milk. And he said, and I found no money in my wallet. He said, so I just went over to my wife and we stood there in the kitchen and said, honey, God's going to, have to do this for us. So he said, Lord, we are here on assignment from you. We know that you spoke to us to come to this Bible school. And so we know that you're going to take care of us. And you said, and one thing that they did learn from Ramah, from Brother Hagan was whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. He said, so Lord, our babies need milk, so we believe that we receive milk in Jesus' name. Amen. Unbeknownst to them, right around the same time of day, there's another student from that school who doesn't know Daniel and Michelle, but she's at the grocery store. And she's buying groceries. She goes over to the milk hall, gets a gallon of milk, puts it in her basket, and she's about to walk away. And the Lord speaks to her loudly and says, I need you to buy two more gallons of milk. So she walked over to the cooler, got two more gallons of milk, and her way out, and ended up somehow, maybe she, she didn't know them, but maybe she had seen them on campus or something, saw that they were a family, ended up at their apartment anyway on campus, knocking on their door, and here she's got these two fresh, cold jugs of milk. Daniel opens the door. And she says, hi, I know you don't know me, but I was in the grocery store. I'm one of the students here, and I, I was in the grocery store, and I bought some milk. And, and as I'm walking away, the Lord tells me, buy two more gallons of milk. Could you use these? And Daniel said, absolutely, we can. Thank you very much. God bless you. Shut. <laughs> he said, it's here. Well, a friend of his, who happened to be a friend of this, other, this girl who bought the milk the next day in class, said, Daniel, I heard this story by what's her name? And she was telling me the whole story about... How, y'all were, uh, how she went and bought this milk, and he said, uh, for you. And she said, and then she showed up at your house and she was really puzzled at your response. She said, she said that it was like you were expecting it or something. <laughs> and Daniel says, I was expecting it. It's exactly what was going on there. I wasn't surprised. God came through. We prayed, and we got what we prayed for. See, listen, you'll experience more and more of the favor of the Lord in your life as you look for it and you expect to find it. Amen. Not not to get God, listen to him, this is not to get God to activate his favor. My family, he already activated his favor. This is to get you activated in faith to receive his favor in your life. And the more you become aware of it, the more you come to expect it, the more you're going to find it. Amen. I mean, when you got saved, that wasn't the moment God decided to give you grace. God decided to give you grace when his son died for your sins. Hmm. That was the moment you activate yourself to receive his grace that was already given to you. Amen. The supply is there. And that, the, the, the fact that God is with him is everything that Joseph needed right there. The fact that God is with you is everything that you need to know. Amen. Amen. He who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Yeah. You guys remember the store service merchandise? Remember, I don't, are there any of those still open anywhere? Oh, it was one of the places Heather and I registered when we were getting married. We liked service merchandise. The, but when you go to service merchandise, they, it's kind of I think it's kind of the IKEA it's a little kin to this because kind of but in service merchandise, they would have all these items there on display and then you'd go over and you'd see an item that you wanted. Well, you didn't take that item off the shelf because that item was just for show, but you would take a card out from under it that had a skiff number and you would take that card to a counter and you would pay for that item and then you would go to another counter and that's when they would deliver your item to you because that warehouse had all the supply already there. You just had to show them your receipt to get it. Listen to me. The scripture says that my God shall supply all your need or all your demand according to his riches and glory. In other words, he already has it and he shall supply it to you. Watch by who? By Christ Jesus. Now, if it's by Christ Jesus, that means it's already been done. God's not creating supply for you. He has already created it. We're not trying to get him to, get to create a situation for us. All we have to do is put the demand on the supply. Expect to find it when we ask for it. Are you hearing me? And, and so he's faithful, and through Jesus Christ, he, it says he will supply all your need. That means he's already got it all figured out. He already has the supply for every need that you have. No, nothing will take him by surprise. Oh, shoot, I didn't think about that. I don't have one of those. No, he's got all of it covered. Expect to find it. Expect his favor. Expect to have your needs supplied by a God who has already made the supply. The promises of God are your receipt. The cool thing is you don't have to pay for it. Jesus did that. He already paid for it. You just have your receipt, which is called the promises of God. And that's when you go to your father and you speak into your situation and you put a demand On the supply of that promise. I'm here to take the thing that has been paid for. It's mine. You'll find what you're looking for, and you'll, when you look for it and you expect it, Joseph found favor. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, these, we've only covered four verses here in Genesis 39, but I think we've done enough tonight. Let's close our eyes for him. Actually, let's, sit, let's stand together. Let's just worship the Lord for just a couple more minutes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put a demand on that supply tonight. What is it that you need? Put a demand on it right now. Just declare it right now. Know that it's your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Whatever you desire when you pray, whatever you desire, believe you receive it and you will have it. Hallelujah. The supplies there. Believe for it now. Declare it. Stand on the word of God. Not only does God make promises, my family, he keeps his promises. He's good on them. We make promises sometimes that we can't keep. God always keeps his promises. No matter how outlandish they may seem, They are very real and very true. See, he has spoken his word, and then when he hears one of his own speak his word, one of his own speak his word, he starts paying very close attention. The scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. If someone will put the demand on that supply, God will make sure that you get it, that you get what he's already given you. So don't be afraid to ask. And I mean, don't be afraid to ask for anything. See, Jesus gave us an open, open, wide open, like a blank check on, on this, this way to pray. All right, religions tried to talk you out of this kind of praying. They tried to make you reason and, 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 and fear and trembling, wondering, oh God, I hope I'm praying the will of God. And made you pray weak prayers. Maybe even stopped you from praying because you were just so frustrated. But listen to me, me, let's just hear what Jesus has to say. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The verse before that says, whoever says to this mountain, so check this out, whoever's can have whatever. I didn't say that, Jesus said that. Now we have to let that sink in before we start trying to talk ourselves out of that. It's like he dares us. Can you simply believe what I'm telling you without backpedaling, without religionizing it? Just let my words sink in. Now, I don't know what that does for you, but that makes me want to pray bigger prayers than what I've been praying. It makes me want to think bigger. It makes me want to talk bigger. What is he willing to do? Well, he showed us what he was willing to do when he gave us Jesus. Then there's nothing bigger than that. So believe tonight. Put a demand on that supply. Expect it. Understanding that the Lord is with you. The Lord has favored you. And activate yourself in his favor tonight. Receive it into your life. There's only one way to to activate it. That is to receive it by faith. To thank God for it. Receive it confess it over your life. I like what Proverbs 3, 4 says. We know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But verse 4 says, so shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. I just confess that over you tonight. You shall find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man he has healed you he has delivered you from destruction he has blessed you he has renewed your youth hallelujah he has satisfied your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles he has forgiven you of all your sins and he has healed all your disease aren't you isn't that good to know tonight And he gives you peace that passes all understanding that that peace will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. There is no weapon that's out there that is formed against you that can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Thank God. All of your children shall be taught of the Lord. That means they're going to stand out. That means they're going to speak wisdom, words of wisdom at those young ages. They're going to speak the word of God and declare it in the earth. All of your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. You're not going to have troubled children. You're going to have peaceful children. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What else can we say except what David said? will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, praise him right now. Just lift your voice and thank him and praise him. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every good thing in my life comes from you. Every good thing, every good gift and every perfect gift, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so good to me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for giving me my beautiful wife. Thank you for my three children, God. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the friends you've put in my life. Thank you, God, for our home, our vehicles, Lord. Thank you, thank you for the clothes on our backs and the food in our stomachs, Lord. Thank you for that, God. Thank you, Lord, that you sustain us again and again and again. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us. Thank you, Lord, that you continually renew hope. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that abounds to us. Thank you for your mercies that are brand new every day, God. So every day we have a reason to praise you. It is our purpose in life. Be glorified in us and in our homes. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Let me say this also. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over you to bear you up in their hands and to keep you in all of your ways. Thank you, Lord. It's done. It's established. It is finished. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And give you peace in Jesus' name, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.